0: Hey everybody, I am back. I know it's been a long time since I've been on. We have had a lot of things going on in our family. I'm going to be really honest with you today. This might be not such a polished podcast. I have no notes in front of me, no outline, nothing. I have my coffee, I have my cat sitting on my lap, and I have my headphones on. That's about as far as I've gotten. Today I'm going to talk about what's been going on in our family. It's been hard, but it's been doable because God's been with us. You guys know a little taste of what's been happening. I did that in my last podcast. Um, But I have such a great hope for the future, a hope for my family because of what God's shown me since my last podcast. So I want to start with a verse that means a lot to me. Actually, it's a passage. It is from Philippians 4, and it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So this past week was an interesting one for sure. Um, It didn't need 2020 and everything everyone says about 2020 and the craziness that we have going on to be the craziest and hardest week of my life, of my kids' lives. This week, my divorce was finalized. I didn't think it was going to be. The way the week started was not how the week ended. The fear I had at the beginning is not the hope that I have at the end. God stepped in in a mighty way. And I'm not going to share all the intimate details on here because that's just not something I'm going to put out there for my own family. But I am going to share some of the things God did for me this week. We decided at the beginning of this week that sitting around the house feeling sorry for ourselves, moping, and dreading what was to come at the end of the week was not healthy, it wasn't fun, it was driving us crazy, so we got up, we packed up, and we decided to go to my mom's. She has a park near her. We thought we'd go down there and hang out. She has a walking trail. Um, it goes by a gorgeous lake. We just thought we'd go and relax and have a nice time. Play board games with Nana. Just get our minds off things. And then God stepped in. On our way to my mom's, um, he impressed upon me to contact my ex-husband. Well, that's the first time I think I've said ex-husband. Okay, well, welcome to it, guys. Anyways, he impressed upon me to text him and ask him if there wasn't a way that we could not have to go to court and to settle this out of court. It made no sense to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on nothing. And... I fought that just a little bit and decided, you know what? (laughs) What have I got to lose? The worst he could say is no or completely ignore what I asked. So I did. I texted him, and I just asked him, is there anything we can do to discuss this? I put the phone down and expected, honestly, I expected to be ignored. I wasn't ignored. But he didn't accept either. He attacked. I mean, uh hacked guys. It was made very clear to me that if I stepped foot in the court he was going to lie about me and he was using that as a blackmail to get what he wanted. That brought in another passage that actually is going to come in twice so believe me you will hear this repeated again. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right, guys, sorry. I'm trying to turn off that little dinger on my phone you just heard. Why did that come to mind? Because I was being attacked in a big way, an ugly, ugly way, guys. The things that were coming from my husband's texts were terrible. He even brought in our local pastor and tried to use him against us. In a lie, my local pastor had not said the things that he claimed he had said, but he was trying everything he could. And God gave me peace. He allowed me to defend myself. He allowed me to call a lie a lie, but to do so in a peaceful way. And I stopped the attack. I said, I'm not going to do this. I will see you in court. And God stepped in again. Suddenly, the text message changed to, let's meet. and right, guys. My ex-husband, who has not talked to me about this divorce for two years, said, let's meet. And I decided I wasn't going to meet him. Nope, <laughs> I wasn't doing it. There was no way I was going to do it. I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like he meant it. I didn't feel like we were going to get anywhere. And just as I was about to hit send on the text message to say, now I think we're good, God came. And he asked me, who did I think I was? I have been praying every night for this. That's right. My mom and I have a set time every single night at the same time that we pray over any issues in our family. It might be over... Other family members, it might be over ourselves, whatever our issues are, we pray until there's an answer. This has been on our prayer list for a very, very long time, and we have prayed to either have my husband return to the family or have him settle without us having to go through the trauma court. And God was very clear to me that when He answered what I've been praying for so long. Who was I to tell him how that was supposed to be answered? Guys, that was like a two by four to the head. And I said okay. I deleted my text message and I sent him a text message that said come on. And he did. He showed up. And God's hand was all over that meeting. The man that I sat in front of for two hours and discuss the issues of our divorce was not the man that I've been talking to for the last two years. He wasn't the man that was on the text message just earlier that day. He was calm. He was quiet. He apologized when he was wrong. And we came to an understanding and we came to a settlement. I wasn't happy. I had to give on some things I did not want to give on. I had to give on some things I still don't want to give on but I gave. It was a hard, hard day. And I emailed my attorney that evening and told her what we had done. And she said she'd get to work on it the next day. We only had about 36 hours until we were supposed to be in court. She said she'd make the changes and we could sign the documents and we wouldn't have to go to court. Well, she and I would have to go to court, but only to present the settlement to the judge. The next morning, she emailed me again, her schedule for the day, that she had some things besides us to deal with, but she would take care of our issue that afternoon. Okay, here comes coffee. Sorry, guys. Anyways, that afternoon, I got a very different email from her. It began to talk about money, how much money she was going to lose because we had settled out of court. And she kept talking about this substantial, substantial bill I had. And I didn't understand what was going on because I knew what my bill was. I knew we had reached an understanding on paying that. I couldn't figure out where all this money was coming from, so I called to ask the secretary to send me a most current statement the secretary didn't answer my attorney did and that started the hysteria for 10 minutes I got yelled at by my attorney at the top of her lungs it was not about that this settlement was not in my best interest it was not about that my husband had maybe duped me in a way I hadn't seen it was not about what was in the best interest of my children She yelled at me about her. I had hurt her because I had taken money out of her pocket. Not because the settlement could have been reached with her present, but because we were no longer going to have a long trial. Instead of paying her thousands of dollars for a trial, I was going to have to pay her a few hundred dollars for a settlement. And she was very clear she was mad at me about that. She was personally offended that I was not going to be giving her thousands of dollars. Then what came out was what I had had a few reservations about, but it had never been something I could say, yes, that's actually happening. It came out that she was upset I didn't let her stick it to my husband. She was really hoping, as a way to stick it to him, he was going to have to pay for thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of attorney's fees that I did not owe as of that moment. But if she could get him in court and get us to be there for a few hours, that he would have to pay that. I I was floored, and I was in tears. I was in tears. My frustration level... My tension, my stress had just gotten to the point that I couldn't take anymore, and I cried. And I didn't know what to do. And God says in um, Hebrews 13, Keep your life free from love and money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear What can man do to me? I didn't know which direction to take, and a small whispering in my being said, Call your husband. That made no sense. (laughs) Call my husband. I was divorcing this man. He was, quote unquote, the enemy for all intents and purposes. Call your husband. That's all I could hear was call your husband. So I did. I called him in tears and he asked what was going on and I told him and he said okay go someplace where you can be nice and cool because I was standing in a parking lot so I could get out of the car and call without my children hearing me and he said get someplace cool get a cold drink get someplace the kids are comfortable I'll meet you there let's talk so I did I got to the hotel that I was going to be staying in that night. Um, Some friends had set me up in a hotel room so I could be close to the courtroom because my children were supposed to be two hours away and that was going to be a crazy drive so early in the morning. And we met. The first words out of his mouth were, what if? What if we stop giving control to the attorneys? What if we take control of this? What if we do this ourselves? And I told him there was no way. He said, what if, what's the worst that could happen? We write down what he and I had agreed to settle on. We present it to the judge and we say, here's what we've agreed to. What is the worst the judge can say? No. Okay. We were already at the point we didn't know what to do. So we decided to get together go to the library, because as I said, again, I was not at home. I was in town, which we live in the country, and so in town is a big deal. And I was at a hotel. We met together. We got it all written out the best we could. We were getting ready to make some corrections when my attorney emailed me and said, Hey, I got it done. Like nothing she had said had happened. Nothing that she had screamed at me two hours before, had ever come out of her mouth, She said, I got it done. No problem. I emailed her one last little tweak. She said, no problem. She'd get it done in the morning. And so my husband and I stood up. We didn't finish the document. And we decided to go on about our business. And we'd meet in the morning for court and sign the documents. The next morning... We went to court and he and I were chit-chatting in the courtroom waiting for attorneys and everybody to show up. Well, my attorney, he didn't have one. And my attorney walked in and told me very succinctly and very clearly not to speak to him. Now, we had just been speaking about the kids and drop-off things that we needed to exchange as co-parents, but whatever. Whatever. And she took me into another room, about three rooms away from where the courtroom was, where my husband was. And I thought she was going to show me the document she had drawn up and we were going to sign it if he was willing to sign it. And she proceeded to ream me in that room. Yell at me again that I had slapped her in the face and taken her money from her. She was mad that we were not going to have a few thousand dollar trial, that we had a $200 settlement. And she made me sign a document stating all of that. She then told me she was going to go to the judge before the hearing and tell him not to sign our settlement agreement. She did not know he and I had been working on one. She was talking about the one that she had. She was going to tell him it was not in our best interest and not to sign it. whatever he did. She then sent me back into the courtroom to wait for her and the judge. I went back into the courtroom and my husband's eyes were bugged out of his head. And I asked him what was going on. He could hear, he couldn't hear specifics, but he could hear her three rooms away yelling at me. That means everyone in the courthouse on that floor could hear my attorney screaming at me. Guys, when I walked into that courtroom, when I, that judge walked in, my own attorney who I was paying walked in, and my husband sat down at the table where he was supposed to sit. I realized I have no one here on my side. No one is for me. My own attorney is against me, though I've done nothing. Though I'm paying her. And it hit me again when I read earlier in 1 Peter 5, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Guys, he was seeking to devour me. You could feel the anger and the tension and the hatred in that room. But it also says in verse 9, Resist him, firming your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Guys, it's a holy hope I had because no one was on my side that day. No one except God. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, my God was bigger than everyone in that courtroom. My God was bigger than the power that judge held, the hatred my attorney held, and whatever my husband was feeling. He was bigger than the courtroom itself. So I sat there and I listened calmly, keeping myself reminded that though everyone is against me, I had the one who was for me, sitting next to me. My attorney was very clear to the judge that she had lied to us. She didn't say she had lied, but she either lied to him or lied to me the day before. Because when she sent that email that I read to my husband that she had completed our settlement agreement, she told the judge she hadn't written it. That it was not written, it was not completed, it was not done in, in any way, shape, or form. So we had nothing. The judge hit the gavel on the desk, called us divorced, which I didn't know that was a thing, to divorce us with no settlement, and said we could reach a settlement, but that we were no longer husband and wife. And that's when the feelings really settled in. I stood up and I cried. The man that I had promised to love forever was legally not mine to love anymore. He was not my husband anymore. So much so, the judge told me if I wanted to change my name, I could. That's how much the law did not recognize me as his wife anymore. It didn't matter what my husband had told me for two years. That judge made it very final that I was not allowed to call this man my husband anymore. he was not to call me his wife anymore. And that's when the reality of all of this set in. I got myself together. (laughs) I walked out of the courtroom. And my attorney told me that while she wasn't going to represent me anymore, she would write up the decree. But she was also going to charge me a lot for it. So I told her to please give me an estimate before she did it. I needed to have an idea of what this was going to cost me because I was now a single woman living on child support and alimony and I needed to know what this was going to cost me. I said, don't write it before you send it to me because I knew I was going to need to call and get help with this financially. She agreed and we walked out of the courtroom. My now ex-husband walked out with me and again he said, what if? He said, we only had one tweak left on our decree that he and I had written up the night before. What if we just went and finished it? So I told him honestly what my attorney told me, that she was going to tell the judge not to sign it. He said, great, it doesn't cost us anything for the judge to look at it. The courts don't charge us for that time. What if we present it to him? What is the worst that could happen? He said, you and I agree to it. It's exactly what she's writing up. So what if? And I said, okay. So we went back to the library. I've never been in that library so much in my life, guys. I kid you not. We got it written up. And he told me, let's each go to lunch, to our own place. Let's take some time to take a deep breath calm down to relax after the morning of insanity and let's meet up after lunch again if we both truly feel this is what we want to sign we'll take it to the court we'll sign it in front of the notary and we'll present it to him and I said okay let's do that we did I took my sons where did I take them oh I took one to Subway because that child could eat sub sandwiches all day long And we went over to Sonic and grabbed burgers for my older son. And we ate, we talked, we chatted about what all this meant. I answered their questions. I answered their feelings. I hugged them a lot. And we met back at the courthouse. And we were both in agreement that we would sign this. So we went inside to the court clerk and we asked, was there a notary on staff that could sign, or witness for our signatures, and they said there was. They notarized it, did everything they needed to do. And we asked, what was the steps we needed to take to have this presented to the judge? They said, do you see that office right over there behind you? And we said, yes. They said, that's his office. Walk in, hand it to his secretary, tell him what you want, and she'll tell you what the steps are. And that's exactly what we did. And she told us To give her a few minutes, he might actually be be able to look at it right now. We waited, what seemed like forever, but in reality it was probably about five minutes. And she came back out and handed it to us, and we thought he had said he wasn't going to sign it. She said, you're divorced, you're done. He signed it, he agreed to it, he said it was fine. Go over to the court clerk, they would file it officially on their end with his signature, and have a nice day. We walked over there, they made us each copies, and we walked out a divorced couple with a settlement. I emailed my attorney and told her staying down. We were good. I didn't need her to write up the settlement, that the judge had signed what we had. Thank you very much. Thank you for the help that she had given me the past two years. I hope she had a wonderful weekend. We were done. And then came the onslaught of emails from her. What do you mean? What are you doing? What's going on? I don't understand. Now, guys, she had fired me in that courtroom. She had told me I was no longer her client. She had made me sign a form to that end. And now she was upset that we had finalized our divorce without her after she walked out of the courtroom, not my attorney. And then came the guilt how she had done nothing but taking care of me and my children, how she'd only thought about me and my children, how it was only ever about me and my children. And I started to think, was screaming at me the day before about her and her money because we had settled instead of going to court for hours and hours thinking of me and my children? Was it thinking of me and my children when she sat in the courthouse and screamed at me so loud that everyone could hear me being yelled at? About, again, me cheating out of her out of a few hours of money versus an hour of money? Was that thinking of our best interest? Because it didn't feel like it was. It didn't feel like it at all. And I finally stopped replying to her emails. I put them in my divorce folder as I have in my email box. And I walked away from her emails. I knew I'd done what I was supposed to do. I knew I had done what God had asked me to do. I knew God had answered my prayers. It wasn't in the way I thought they would be answered, but it was actually in the way I'd asked him to answer them, which he doesn't always do that. His answer is not always yes. It's not always in what we ask, but he always answers them. All that had happened was she was mad that she wasn't going to get as much money as she had hoped. She wasn't thinking about us. And there was no reason for me to put myself through that stress anymore. So where are we now? I'm looking for a place to live. My home will be occupied by my husband very soon. My children and I will move to a new location. I have no idea where. I have no idea when. It will be very, very soon. Uh, we have that in a decree, so I have to get things figured out. I have boxes in my living room that are packed up, um, ready to be moved. I have friends offering to help, so I'm good there. I have friends praying for me, cheering me on, loving me, caring about me. Um... God has really, really, really surrounded me with a wonderful, wonderful church and group of friends that I could never have handpicked myself to go with me through this journey. He knew what I needed before I even knew it was going to be an issue in my life. He knew what I needed before the stars were hung in the sky. And he set those things in motion before I ever needed them. I hope you guys forgive anything that I do that fails you in my podcast. I never want to point anything to me. I want to point it all to him. As I always tell my friends and family, if you see anything right in me, it's God. If you see anything wrong in me, it's when i tried to take the reins myself. So I want to leave you with this again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And guys, I tested that. And he proved himself true. The Lord was at hand in that courtroom. The Lord is at hand when I was being yelled at by my attorney. The Lord was at hand after that courtroom. I tried so hard to be in everything by prayer and supplication. Because I knew my God was in control. Ultimately in control of everything. And that's a hard Hard, hard place to be when you say, none of this is about me, I can't do anything about it, I have no control over this, you're the only one who can. It's easy to say it, it's hard to mean it. And I learned when you mean it, he steps in. When you have that tiny, tiny, tiny bit of faith, he'll step in and he'll fill it. So guys, today I pray for you to have that tiniest little bit of faith to let him prove that you can trust him with it. You can trust that whatever he chooses to do with it will be for your good and for his will in your life. God bless you and I can't wait to talk to you again. I'll be in prayer for each one of you. Have a great, great Sunday.